aka big big summertime guy over here vegetables are popping fish are jumping out of the water my co-host dave gladding welcome to the show he's wearing tie-dye dave how you doing over there i'm doing good i'm sorry i'm late i uh i had to stop by a grateful dead concert in the 1980s <laughs> and, uh, i got hung up for a little bit but uh, i'm here I like that. You, I like that you chose the '80s, the 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 like the the capitalist decade, like the who like the people who were still following the Grateful Dead in the '80s. They were like the real, you know, they will get by, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think that that was like for some reason. Like, I, I'm not basing this on any on any real history or anything, but like, I feel like the tie dye thing didn't really take off until like the '80s. It's just like, like I I feel like it's like when like the idealized vision of like the 60s and 70s kind of kicked off that's like when people were like oh man like tie-dye i don't think people actually wore tie-dye in the 70s and 60s i'm probably <laughs> wrong there but i just don't think they actually did it's yeah like they they saw it because they were actually doing lsd back then yeah it, it, like one guy had tie-dye and then like 20 years later was kind of like oh man that guy was onto something you know what man <clears throat> when you and i get together one way or another no matter what we talk about it always comes back to in satanity am i wrong it, no, it's, it does. It's it's like I, our our yeah. like unifying thing. Dave, like, Dave, how are your kids doing? Five minutes later, we're talking in satanity demos. It's just like you know, it, it never stops. I in satanity had they might have been the first death metal band to market tie dye shirts with their logo on them. Oh my god, you're right. You remember? <laughs> no, you you remember? That, I remember seeing that. Yeah. You remember? Yeah. At at what used to be, I think it was Crawdaddy's at that point. But the club that that became Revolution and all that and, and Amityville, uh, I remember seeing them there, and they had a big, one of those original late '90s Apple computers that looked like some sort of like futuristic dome shaped thing. Oh yeah, and that was like a color. That yeah. was the drum program. That was the drum machine. Like they brought that on stage for the drums, man. That was an interesting era for Insatanity. Mark Rokar still in the band. Jay Lippitt still in the band, and the guy I think his name was Evan of morbid entree was with them at that point i think you're right yeah yeah i oh i always God. wish that that band that version of the band had recorded something like a demo or whatever yeah i i am in agreement with you this see this is why we always get back to the insatiety talk man we are dropping musky moldy old jewels on the listeners early in the episode today man this is great um yeah so i think like insatiety was like 30 years ahead of the game because now I don't want to call out any bands in specific. I don't know if some of the fans are doing it themselves, but tie-dye seems to have caught on in the death metal community with this newer generation. Are, is that a death metal tie-dye shirt you're wearing? No, it's not. I I, it's... I take my death metal too seriously to, to wear tie-dye shirts. Also, mm. no uh, no camouflage. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. No camouflage yeah. ever? Or is this like, or did you put it down at one point? I mean, like camouflage like cargo shorts, but no like no band shirts with camouflage on it. Those are tricky at the printer. Those are tricky on the the color. You got to match the colors right and all that sort. Shout out to Optimistic Prince. Shout out to Teeth Grinder. They got a big color wheel all day in a magnifying glass trying to figure everything out right for these fucking bands. And I'm not I'm not putting down uh, tie dye death metal shirts or or camouflage death metal shirts. I'm just no fun at all mm -hmm. when I get dressed mm -hmm. in the morning, and it's just not. It's too much. I, I you know. Dude, I'm I'm a big fat guy. Getting dressed in the morning is the least fun part of my day. The most fun part of the day is getting the, getting all these fucking clothes off me. All right, get them off. Feel like the, feel like oh, I'm oh yeah, strangled. This is going. I feel like a boa constrictor around my my legs. No, 
I got new underwear. Shout out to Harbor Bay. Doing good over here. Um, before we get into that, because there's more important things to talk about than, than my draws over here. Uh, we talked about a lot of musky old death metal bands right off the top that the listeners should go check. Go check out that in Satanity. Um, we, but, we, but, I, but I also talked about fresh, new growth. Uh, uh, the spinach, Ooh. the broccoli, the beans, everything growing up nicely. Fresh fish in the water. Got to measure them. Don't want those little new fish to not have an opportunity to grow. A young band from Brentwood, Long Island that is going to have all the opportunities to grow coming up soon with the release of their new recording with some new shows coming. We're going to get into everything you want to know about a brand new young up-and-coming death metal band from Long Island, New York. I'm talking about Podcast, and I'm here with Doom Creeper, a brand new band out of Long Island, New York, who just recently released their debut album, Cryptic Death. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank you for your time. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and of course, that would be Sal, Angel, Josh, and Joseph. I got the whole band here with me. So, as I always do, I'm going to take things slow. Um, we're we're going to get to know you. Uh, so just starting with the, the order of where you guys are sitting, um, Sal, bass. Well, you know, l- let me, uh, right off the bat, are any of you guys related or like grew up since you were babies? No. 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 Okay. All right. So, so Sal, bass, tell me a little <laughs> bit about, are you from a musical family and was there anyone in your upbringing that steered you into heavy metal or hard rock? Uh, both of those are, no, there's nobody in my whole family there. We play music, probably like the first one to really do it. Um, and I didn't really have a background, like growing up with uh, music like this in the, you know, death metal and stuff like that. I grew up with a lot of like Mexican artists from my dad. So the metal music came in like, uh, I want to say it was like in early middle school. Um, I just, uh, I was watching a streamer and they played a band called Sabaton. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool music. I checked them out. And I was like, well, this music's pretty cool. And from there, um, since I like history, I wanted to learn more about the genre, about this metal music. And so I went back to Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, and it, it just from went on there. That's that's where it just, just went on. Okay. And when, when do you pick up the bass guitar? Is that your first instrument? No. Originally, it was guitar. I joined a, a guitar club in school, in, uh, in high school. Um, bass came uh, later on after I graduated, and I got an invite from... This guy here, Angel, and he hits me up and he's like, hey, you want to join my band? I need a bass player. And I was like, okay. And I just picked up bass and I had to like, and I wanted to play fingers with, with my fingers. So I was kind of like self-taught with bass. So everything I know about bass is just not a whole lot. I just had to figure it out on my own. So, you know, that's what it is. Okay. So you guys went to high school together? Yes, yeah, all three of us. Three of us went. No, not me. No. Except Josh. <laughs> <laughs> he was rocking it out before us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I, well, I, I take it then that you're you're the one member who's um a few years older than Josh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, yeah, I sympathize. <laughs> I, I can sympathize. There's a big age gap in one of my bands too. I won't get into it, but I sometimes I feel right. like the old guy, man. 
Um, but but uh, all right, so fair enough. So then, kind of naturally moving into uh, Angel, who's the um, from what you guys were telling me, lead guitarist would be fair to say, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, then then same same line of questioning yourself, man. Uh, are there musicians in your family? Anyone that steered you into playing guitar or into metal, that sort of thing? Um, so my father used to play guitar, but like just like basic chords and stuff, because in his country they didn't really have like rock music like that. But like my mom and dad has definitely got me to like rock music and my sister. Cause like I remember being in the car ride with my father and like him playing like Guns N' Roses and stuff and White Snake, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. Like you know, five years old hearing some cool solos and stuff. I was like, ah, this is something I like to do. And then when my sister, like she's like born in the '90s, so she has like a lot of that grunge influence. So I used to, like, hear her play, like, Nirvana or Sit Down and all that stuff. And, like, I remember, like, you know, she would, like, walk with me. Like, we'll take walks, right? And she would just play music out of her, like, little iPod. And I remember, like, hearing, like, all this, like, you know, like, Nirvana music and stuff. And I was like, that's pretty sick. <laughs> Grunge. And you, like we were saying before, you guys are from a somewhat younger generation. So by the time you're hearing Nirvana, this that's, like, oldies almost to you guys. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, not to me, but <laughs> <laughs> I I was like I was like thirteen or fourteen doing raking leaves or doing some yard work or something out back when when they my dad told me about Kurt Cobain. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, okay, man. So and then and then I'm sorry, Angel. Get, I get, I side I sidelined you. Get get into your um your first experiences with guitar. So I remember my cousin. He he got a guitar, and I was like, oh man, like. He sounded pretty cool. Like I want to play guitar too, and then from there on out, I got I started with acoustic guitar, and then I was like, all right, this is kind of getting boring. I was kind of getting more into like the heavier stuff of music, so then I was like, let me get an electric guitar, and that's when I was like, okay, this is pretty fun, and I was like learning like Black Sabbath songs, like NIV was definitely one of them for me, uh, Electric Funeral, all that head, old school heavy metal stuff I was really into. Yeah, um, and if you don't mind sharing, you said uh, your father's country, they didn't have much ex exposure to rock. You, where where would that be, if you don't mind? Uh, my father's from Honduras, and my mom's from El Salvador. Okay, uh, well, uh, the reason I'm asking, um, I'm, I'm a lifelong Huntington Station resident. Long Island, Long Island obviously, has a, a large population of uh, immigrants from Spanish-speaking country and their descendants. Um, I have family members myself. Uh, from Costa Rica. Uh, it, um, so what I also, when I wanted to get your guys' perspective, heavy metal traditionally, like I, I know um, it, on Long Island, there, there is like, there's, there almost seems to be like a scene within a scene. Like like, like in, in the Latino community, heavy metal is like pretty big in the city, I know. What about Long Island? Can you guys speak to that? Is, is there any difference? Or, or am, I, am I chasing after something that maybe is my generation, not yours? No, there, it's actually a pretty big difference. I say in the Long Island scene with Latinos really a lot is uh, they're not really into it. I, I want to say like it's kind of like, you know, we're all first generation. So our parents really come from like the background of worker like working ethics and everything. So like kind of like putting music as a party is not one thing really. But like when you go to the city, like I mean, I meet a lot of like a lot of Mexican people were like, mm -hmm. that's kind of like they embrace it more rather than like where I come from. The satanic. That's exact. Shout to the satanic Hispanics. Uh, and if you know, yeah. Yeah, I, long, long running. Uh, community 
in the in the New York uh, metal scene, man. Yeah, so that well, that's kind of what I was getting at. And you guys are from a different generation, so like sometimes you know I'm 40. The way I think of the scene is a little outdated. But uh, regardless, moving on, we know that Sal and Angel, you guys go to high school together. Um, uh, quickly now. Josh, I'm not going to count you out, but Joseph, you were you were in the same crew of these guys from high school. Are you also like from the same area there? And then the same question: Do you grow up in a musical family? Um, and how do you get into playing guitar and heavy metal and meet up with these guys? And then and then I want to get um, Josh's story separate, and we'll we'll get everybody together in the end. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, my dad used to do. He was he was actually in a band. He used to be in like a, a cumbia band, which is like Spanish fucking music and it's like he was just like he did a bunch of like cover bands like you know he did like you know a bunch of these i'm not really sure what type of music but he he'd do whatever so you know it was cool seeing it as a kid because like um you know he used to practice at my house so they'd be running practices and there'd be like a bunch of dudes just getting drunk at my house and just like jamming out to fucking like just all that amazing spanish music so uh i feel like that was kind of sparked the whole beginning in me to you know go forward with music and uh as far as like um picking up an instrument uh i think bass i started off on bass and then i realized it was like kind of lame so i kind of <laughs> so my dad was like oh dude let's just go to like guitar center and get you a guitar and i was like okay cool uh you know got a paul that one was broken so we got another one and Ever since then, I still have it, and uh, I met Angel in like tenth grade, and uh, I was into punk a lot, so I, I wasn't really that into heavy metal, but I knew what it was. So you know, um, <laughs> we just started talking more and more. Like you know, we both like Black Sabbath, so that was the fucking thing that we talked about. You know, we were just trading off music. You know, I, I knew a little bit of heavy metal and whatnot, but you know, we we kind of just traded off each other and just started talking more about it in lunch and then you know he asked me he's like hey uh i'm getting my group together uh so you want to join i'm like yeah fuck yeah whatever and we did it and then boom that's that and basically that's that's basically how we got into heavy metal well i got into heavy metal as much so yeah the funny part is like i knew him my whole life like since elementary school and like until the sophomore year of high school i was like where do you live he's like i live on like down block, like a block, like three yeah, blocks block down for me. I'm like, no way, bro. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> was what about being into heavy metal in your high school in your age bracket? Was that like, was it a big outsider thing, or has heavy metal become more like widely accepted and cool nowadays? No, it was very yeah, I not think, outside thing. Yeah, like I feel like a lot of people would be like, what the what the hell's wrong with you? Like I had long hair. I mean. We all have long hair. We all have long hair, but it's like it's like they'd see me as like, oh dude, this guy's weird. He doesn't listen to like all this like basic rap stuff that we listen to. So it's like, whatever, dude. I don't care. And uh I mean I was a good kid, so you know, I didn't, I didn't really bother anybody. So but definitely a lot of people did think it was weird. I, well and, dude, I I know I'm a forty year old white guy, but rap got weird. All right. I I love <laughs> Dude, rap fucking goes throughout the years. It changes throughout the years. So it's like, you know, every 10 years, there's a new genre that they're making and whatnot. I, I love so. I love a lot of the New York shit from my generation. Don't get me wrong, man. I guess that's I guess that's what it's about, man. You get old, you don't understand it, man. It's for the, no, for, yeah, for the younger people, man. Um, Josh, not to neglect you, sir. Uh, same same line of questioning. 
Um, musicians in your family, anyone that got you into heavy metal and hard rock growing up, that sort of thing. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, so my father had a, 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 a sorry, a plethora of, uh, you know, uh, you know, of uh, vinyls. And like, I would have my ear up against the speaker, like just listening to stuff like uh, Queens Reich and like, you know, stuff like yeah. Sabbath and Rush and, uh, you know, even like glam stuff like Keel, some, some, some Sabotage, all the old school stuff. So, you know, so like at, 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 at a young age, you know, and like, you know, uh, I, I would just obsess with, you know, the old school stuff. I, I, you know, I, uh, my, my, uh, the, the, the first show that I ever saw was, uh, was a uh, um you know with my with my uh with my stutter it's gonna be hard but uh it was a uh, dream theater emerson emerson lake and palmer nice and uh and uh uh the purple wow and uh that was like in 98 or 97 uh, 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 i think it was and uh you know like like so like at the time you know like you know all you know like the uh the uh pokemon and you know all that stuff was like a, a thing you know all the video games and like the playstation was gonna be you know was like, it was like you know you know like stuff was happening you know so my, my so i have a fraternal twin you know and like you know like he's in you know he you know like at 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 the time like you know he he like you know had all like you know like all like the video games and like i was more into like you know like you know go in the record store not the record store but like the 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 cd store and just like look at the sickest album cover and just and you know and like you'll be able to like 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 sample like the like the first like 10 seconds of like every song yeah just like just just like scan it i i remember like 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 it was, you know, yeah, and uh, and uh, you know, so like that's what I liked, and I had the long hair, you know, uh, you know, and, and I had thing. the long hair. No, dude, I had the long hair. I had long hair. It's not you know, I had my, I yeah, had yeah. Long hair. you know, and you know, and uh, uh, I started with the piano when I was I, I probably like seven or five years old, and it was more like a push thing. Like remember, you gotta, you know. You have to practice, you know, because you have a lesson. And I always <laughs> sucked. I sucked. And like, and like one day, my my neighbor next 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 door, he's got a, a he's got a, like a like a Toys R Us drum set outside. And I'm and I'm, I'm and I'm like looking at it, I'm like fuck, man, that's a fucking that's a drum set. And like <laughs> so, like this is like 2004, 2005. School of Rock just came out. I'm 10 years old. Yeah, you know, I'm like not. Yeah, I'm like I'm like uh ten, uh, and uh, I like see this kid and like I bring it upstairs in, in my in my room and like I'm like, hey mom, just cancel the the, the, the piano lesson. We we all done. I'm done with the piano. Uh, you know, and uh, my like early influences were you know like you know like uh so obviously uh uh. Uh, Neil Pert, um, you know, but like, 
like go, you know, I also like the uh, uh, Scott uh, Rockenfield of uh, of uh, Queens, right? And uh, Tommy Aldridge was a huge influence, mm. you know, to me too. And uh, yeah, my so yeah, so my uh, you know, I pretty much like I took what my what my father had and I explored more into it and. I, and I, and then like through like high school, you know, I just like, it was like all about like speed metal and like power metal. And like, I, I, you know, it was some like, uh, like, like I would say when I was like 19 or eight, like eight, I would say 18 is when I like got into like the brutal stuff. And then like, I went to like, I like, I like flew to Vegas just to go to like the, the, uh, death fest just to see the, the brutal bands. Wow. And, yeah. uh, you know, I like, you know, I, you know, and I went to all the shows and I used to go to all the shows, but, you know, uh, then, you know, and I like filled in for a few bands here and there. I, uh, uh, you know, but, you know, but, uh, I like, I, I never had the opportunity to record an album, you know? So, uh, like this is the first band that I can say that I, you know, I, I, I I feel at home, you know, so it's working out. You know, that's that's awesome. Um, a lot a lot there, dude. I'm a lifelong Queensrÿche guy. I have very strong opinions about the Todd Latour era and Jeff Tate. I mean, that's nothing. I was gonna say we could do a whole bonus episode just you and me and your dad sit down and we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a sit down with the boss and hash things out about Queensryche real quick. <laughs> but um, no, that's awesome, man. I, you know, uh, and it's it's interesting because when people talk Queensryche, Scott Rockenfeld doesn't get enough credit uh, as a really cool drum. You know, he, he should be in the same conversation as Neil Peart, um, yeah. in, in my opinion, especially for some of, some of that, those older albums, man. But we, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to pull the leash on the Queensryche talk here, man, because we could go off off the rails. You got him started, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. I well, I saw them at the Paramount Huntington a few months ago, man. Do you do you fuck with the new era, or are you just only old school? Uh, I'm just old school. I'm like uh, so like, like everything up until like Empire, like I would say, is 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 uh, you know. I like, but you know. That's a gentleman's opinion on Queensryche. I like that. That's like the, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like that's 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 like let's not get into it. I you know I fuck with the classics. I understand you, man. That's that's cool, man. I mean, like I heard the other stuff, but like you know, <laughs> that's the stuff that just feels right, you know. Yeah, dude, you you didn't go down the 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 twisted and dark path of their discography further than you had to. But, well, let's let's twist it around now to your twisted and dark um discography. Uh, well, before we get into just for the listeners, your new album is Cryptic Death, independently released, I believe. Um, yeah. On on you know you can get it on Bandcamp. There's a, it's on your YouTube channel. It's on uh, all the places people want to check out for music nowadays. Where all the young folks stream everything on their on their iPhones. I don't know. Um. But seriously, the great album. I really, I really enjoyed it. And before we get fully on into that, just complete the picture now, because the three of you guys 
um, you're in high school together. You you start uh, um, you realize you have a common interest. You, you know, but now you need a drummer. Where where does uh, uh, Josh come into the picture and and make the band whole, man? How does that happen? So essentially, this is crazy because I I at least like texted eleven drummers to get a new drummer for my band. And I was like, all of them like saying no, or like they were saying they were busy with their band, which I get it, you know, you want to be dedicated to one turn band. And then some, I DM somebody from Electrocutioner, uh, the guitar player, and he was like, oh, I know this one guy named Josh. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll hit him up. And then I remember one time I was like so anxious, I was like, oh my God, I've been rejected so many times, why well, would say no to me too? And then I remember I just texted him and he was like, yeah, let's fucking jam like next week. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like misspelling all my messages. I was like, I was right so now. Scared. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just... jam like right now. <laughs> dude, dude, all right. Look, all right. So, would you mind if I say Go my it, version? Yeah. All right. So, this guy, he hits me up. He's like, hey, we're looking for a drummer. Would you be interested? And I haven't been in the band like five years. All right. Uh, uh, so, immediately. I was like, dude, this is my fucking moment, man. I was like, you want to jam right now? <laughs> and like, and like, I mean, I, I, I think that like you, you got like a little spook. No, I did get spooked. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, you know, but uh, but then the first night we jammed it was great though. Yeah, yeah Josh, yeah. Josh literally learned a song within one night. Well, yeah. And he got it down, and we were like, okay, this is weird, because now I was like, is that like, is that chemistry you build with somebody? Is like, wow, like you picked up the song in one night and like. It was like from there on out, I was sick. I mean, I remember that night. Um, I looked at everybody. I was like, okay, I think this is our this is our guy. This, our guy. Right. Yeah. this is definitely our guy. Yeah. And uh, and it was in the old compound too. That's where we had our, our rehearsals. Back in what Ronkonkoma was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the old, old compound. Uh, that was the building that that Joe from Full Force Studio sh- like shared back in the day, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, Ron Conk. Oh, yeah, I've been there a few times, man. Um, uh, okay, man. So then, is that is that how you guys meet Joe, and like kind of like come to know about him? And is that why you like maybe went with him to record the album? So the story with Joe was Josh introduced us to Joe. He was saying he's the guy we need for our first gig to do our sound. And I was like, okay, cool, because you know Josh like he's like the grand wizard of the band. Like he knows what's up. So I, I just, we just, we just follow him. I just and, smoke. <laughs> and then uh, Joe came up to us after the show. He was like, yeah, I kind of want you guys to be the first band to record in my new studio. I was like, cool, let's do that. <laughs> and that's how we got connected with Joe. Yeah. Okay. And you guys have a very specific sound. The, the terms old school and 90s are like, it's almost lost meaning now because that's what every band is saying and what every band is called. It's cool. I love a lot of the shit that's coming out now. Um, yeah. But it's like, I don't want you guys to get lost in the sauce here when I talk about it. You guys have a very, like I said before, Joe has a very specific way of producing things. He's very modern. He's very, there's a lot of clarity, very streamlined process. He's like a state of the art kind of guy, cutting edge death metal Mm -hmm. producer he works for suffocation and napalm death i could go on and on you guys go in there you got a very authentic sound that sounds like a 90s death metal album um but not not to say because nowadays that almost implies that you dumbed something down in the songwriting or that you simplified something which you didn't you guys created like a very credible album it's it doesn't like if there's a meter it doesn't go too far into tech death whatever that is nowadays it doesn't go all the way back into like redundant 
kind of like caveman death metal. It's like yeah. very heartfelt death metal. I don't want to like, I don't want to start name dropping old school bands on it that it may have, may or may not have reminded me of. But like, what do you say to Joe when you go in there? Like in terms of what do you want this to sound like? Did you guys have a certain idea, maybe certain albums or certain guitar tones? I just want to get into the the ideas behind the sonic nature of the album because not it's a great it's it's everyone did a great job but not necessarily what i've grown accustomed to hearing joe produce so who wants to start first on that one because we'll start on drums dude that was a oh dude go josh all right i yeah i mean i mean uh yeah uh we let joe do his thing you know what i mean yeah, dude. We let we let we just let Joe do his thing. We're like, uh, you know, you know, we we, you know, uh, that's pretty I mean, much it, man. Yeah, we, like, we just let Joe do his thing, and that's what that's what he had, you know. I mean, and we accept, you know, and yeah, for the most part, yeah, yeah. We kind of let Joe just rock. Yeah, we, we you know yeah. we like you know we we brought in Josh's like kit and like we you know he tried to use all we tried the sounds out and whatnot and we just went with what Joe would like want to do and also like you know what would sound pretty clean and whatnot yeah. so I mean with Joe though like, we had pretty good conversations so, like he kind of understood the assignment he was like all right I heard how you guys sound like live that was captured that in the studio and like you know we used um I know Joseph used one of his amps yeah, I, I use I use my amp because I kind of like more of a, a mid range sound in, in my in my guitar. Um, I know Joseph likes more of the bottom end heavy sound of it. Yeah, um, especially for me the leads like I, I I love the high end when it comes to that type of stuff for me personally. And then Sal, you can speak whatever you have. Uh, yeah, I use my own my own amps, my own uh, own pedal. Um, I, I like to have a bright clanky tone. So like uh, like Derek from Suffocation, Alex Webster, um, all uh, Ollie uh, Pinard from uh, Cryptopsy, like that clanky bright tone that you could distinctively hear in the mix. It, it was like I, that's what I want, and that's what I want to bring to live shows. And you know, so that's yeah, I mean, you did you did you did fucking amazing. You know, you could hear my bass and everything, and it's fucking amazing. I love this part's nice, dude. <laughs> So it sounds like uh, it's really just a combination of you guys curating uh, a well-thought-out, heartfelt death metal album and Joe capturing what he saw live in you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting, yeah, because I don't want to, you know, sometimes you can talk things to death. I don't want to talk over too much for the listeners, but I really recommend people check it out, not just because it's a Long Island album and I pump everything Long Island, but um, it's not a typical Long Island album either. You guys... Uh, as many great bands as there are out there who are reminiscent of internal bleeding and pyrexia and have a lot of slams, you guys explore groove in some parts, but you guys definitely have like your own uh, niche. You know what I mean? You're not trapped in like the trappings of of what you know people think of as Long Island uh, uh, from the '90s. Uh, you know, maybe again, maybe my generation's perspective. Um, well, maybe maybe could we get into that quickly because I wanted to talk a little bit about you guys getting into death metal. Um, Josh, I got about 10 years on you. I got a few more on the other guys. Like, just growing up and, and locally get going to shows, um, getting into local bands, maybe local death metal bands you looked up to or things like that. Just, if you guys each want to take a turn, maybe give your experiences like that. Because you're from, most of you are from Brentwood and then and Josh from Bellport. That's a different area than I'm from, and you guys are from a different generation. So I, I'm just curious about that. What were the venues, the local bands, and some of the things that really got you um uh, uh 
like you know turned on to death metal and underground music all right so i'm gonna start all right okay. so, <laughs> all right so uh it started with the crazy donkey yes I get it. It started with Chris Donkey. Then it was like even flow. Then it was like these little dives, you know, here and there. I just can't remember. And like we actually played a show with uh, uh, the first artificial brain. Sh- uh, sh- uh, sh- uh, yeah. Uh, uh, so I've. I played in this in this uh, three piece called uh, 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 Surgical Strike, and uh, and uh, we like played like a show with you guys, and it was like your first, you know, like your first, uh, like it was like the first like artificial brain show. And Mister uh, Mister Lucky's yeah. with Mother Brain was that Maybe. it? No, no, it was Even Flow. Even flow. It was even flow. Okay, even flow. Wow, man. All even right. Flow. Yeah, you know, no, it's, I, it, that was a while back. Noisum or some shit. Like, it was like Noisum. Yes. And, yeah. uh, fuck, it was like a lot of bands. It was like an obnoxious, like, noise fest or, or, or something. I don't know. No, but, I know what you're talking it, about. Even flow is a great venue for the underground scene out yeah. here. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that was your, your, uh, your, so like, that was the, the first time that I, that I, that I, that I uh yeah yeah of uh of uh artificial brain but uh yeah I um yeah just like you know uh you know I, I so like it was hard for me to fit in because my so the kids my age they were into uh you know all those like you know the warp tour bands <clears throat> the, the yeah. uh, uh, warp tour bands. You know, and like the the emo music and the skinny jean fucking rock, whatever you know, like <laughs> like 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 that stuff with this, you know, with the let's straighten our hair, you know, the guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. no offense, but but like I never on on the on the yeah yeah. So but um, uh, you know, so like so like in my like high school, if a kid was like wearing like 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 black he listened to like blink 182 and some sort of like uh punk music but you know like i, I you know like you know like, yeah, like i don't know like like, like was your was, cup of tea yeah yeah, yeah dude. you know but uh yeah well i mean for me um when i got into death metal uh it was mostly uh like i started off with like you know the basic like cow corpse uh suffocation uh, dying fetus, and it was funny because I think I think it was like summer 2019. Uh, they were playing AMH, and um, I think it was without remorse, vomit forth, and I forgot what other band was there. Fuck that. I wait, forgot. wait, wait. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was vomit forth. Uh, and dying fetus and dude i was there yeah i was there. yeah i remember that so i think that was like my first local experience because it was just like dying fetus is a big band so it's like holy shit they're playing like locally like holy shit so like i went there and i heard like basically you know the local you know vomit forth i i you know they didn't blow up at the time you know so seeing that i was like holy shit like what the fuck like this is uh this is insane and um without remorse you know i was just like holy fuck like 
let me just stay in the back because I was like, you know, I was like kind of new to shows really, but I, you know, I knew what happened, but I, I didn't really know like the fucking moshing moves and all that shit. So I was just like, okay, let me just not get it, dude. <laughs> so, you know, uh, that was like my first local experience and, you know, getting into death metal and all that and whatnot. Um, yeah. So that, that was my first local experience with yeah. death metal, dude. Uh, yeah, Dying Fetus at AMH, man, that had to be packed out. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah it was, it was, was fucking great. packed, dude. Great, like, yeah. literally, there was everybody dropping water everywhere. People kept <laughs> slipping. There was like a little pit going on in in the back, and like it was like in the yeah. middle. It was, I don't know, it, it was, it was insane. It was I'm gonna, really I, cool. I'm gonna do it to myself right now, but this is good. You, you guys remember the building that was Revolution Club and it closed down? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh boy, here we go. De- back in 1997, it was oh called Crawdaddies, and I saw my first underground death metal show there. And Dying Fetus headlined that one too. Wow. <laughs> yeah, 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 dude, that's wow. oh man. They, shout out to Dying Fetus. Props to them, man. Still in the game, man. Yeah, and the vote, even like, dude, even the vocals have not like you know. Sometimes the, there's the band gets older, the vocalist can't get those gutters. John Gallagher is still back. Um, would love to get him on on the show, man, and have have his publicist talk to his manager, talk to the label, and we'll, we'll work it out. Um, <laughs> but while I got you guys, uh, I still got two of you guys. Um, uh, Angel and Sal, you guys quickly want to take turns talking about like just kind of like when things went underground and death metal, and like was there a local experience, local shows, local venues that are close to your heart? So I mean, the only local venue I really no, or two, or two, like AMH and Shakers. Those are the only um, two When I was, like, in my young teens, like, I barely went to local shows. Like, I remember, like, me and Sal were like, let's go watch, like, Toxic Holocaust and Nuclear Assault. <laughs> and, like, that was, like, us at, like, 15. Uh, <laughs> and, like, a lot through my high school years, I just wanted to see, like, the bigger, like, just big bands. And, like, I remember, like, one time me, Joseph, uh, we try to convince Sal to like cut class to go to, to the city to go oh see Morbid Angel and Morbid Angel and Cattle Corpse. Yeah. And like, there was like seven of us, like, oh, this is fucking sick. Like, <laughs> we're like, like, it's like, yo, this is so cool. And yeah, I mean, locally wise, um, I guess like I want to say now I started kind of like going to local shows. Um, but I've been slacking on that a lot lately. <laughs> Just when knowing you have a band, you kind of work more together and see yeah. each other more yeah, to keep working. We'll yeah. It's true. It's there are a lot of shows and uh, you know fests I might take the weekend and go to out of state or something like that. If I didn't invest so much of my time into you know what I'm doing with my bands and they only get so many days off of work and that sort of you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's it's true, man. And um, Sal, I didn't forget about you, man. You want to share uh, quickly your your take on all that, uh, getting into metal and when things kind of got extreme and anything local to it that that you remember. Uh, locally stuff, it's kind of the same thing with Angel, where it's like, um, you know, getting, when when I was getting to the, the bands, it was mostly like the big bands I wanted to see, like, oh, I want to go see, like, Sabaton, or I want to go see, like, Slayer, you know, <laughs> the Death Metal stuff, that, that came a lot later. Um, but, you know, we like, Morbid Angel, we would go see Cannibal Chorus, all that stuff, but local shows, not really. Um, you know, I haven't really gone to local shows until I you know, started playing with the band, and we would go out and be like, oh, you know, this is pretty cool. Like the the my first local would probably be like the Paramount in Huntington, and that was just to go see Exodus probably as a local oh, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So for me, you know, local shows don't really you know happen you know kind of now, but 
kind of like you know meh ish not really uh i mean i just i just really don't really go to local shows until you know with the band now fair enough man um and you know again i gotta remember you guys are from uh younger generations than me and you've had you you kind of you haven't been polluted by all the shitty bands yet you just 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 stay with morbid angel and cannibal corpse dude. <laughs> 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 dude, don't make the same mistake i i got dude I'll, yeah, look at all these cds behind me man all of them suck just Stick with Cryptopsy, DSI, Cannibal Corpse. You know, just stick with the the class. I'm I'm joking, obviously, oh, to all the all the bands out there. But um, we love like, the old school death metal. Like, oh, like you said, DSI is a big one for me. I know more Angel for everybody. That's basically, a big one for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like I always tell Josh, like we have a mini Pete Sandoval over here. Yeah, basically, it's it's like, he, he just does it. I'm like, he brings it out. I'm like, fuck. Like now, I gotta play something sick. He's fucking doing his fucking duck walking and stuff. <laughs> well, this gives me one question I wanted to ask you guys. Um, and and it's interesting because you uh like um Angel before you you said that your parents come from a generation more where it was just about uh, hard work and the idea of um spending your time working on music wasn't necessarily something they were into. Uh, whereas Josh, your father was kind of a metalhead himself, as I gather, at, at least with the hard rock and, and, you know, more glam element and Queensryche element of metal at the time. Um, Joseph, your, your father was a musician himself. Maybe if each of you guys, I don't know, have your, have your family or your parents, if they're still with us, been exposed to Doom Creeper or to death metal in general? And maybe uh, do, do they have a, do they, do they have a take? <laughs> uh, my mom and dad, they not really like, like maybe like a year or so found out that I was in Doom Creeper when we were already getting shit out and uh when they heard like the demo they were like you make this stuff and it's like yeah I'm on vocals <laughs> and they were like that that's not good and I was just like okay yeah that's fine I was just, they only recently found out and it's funny because it's like they always used to think that I'm just like oh yeah I'm gonna go jam with Angel down the street <laughs> but mind you, we're like fucking like just jamming and like doing all this like fucking extreme stuff, dude. It's a, it's funny. Know, it's bro. pretty funny, like because like me and Joseph would be like in my my living room or like in my room, like the amps are like at nine or ten, and like we're just blasting beats to each other. Like this sounds <laughs> sick. We're like, oh, this sounds sick. <laughs> and like my mom would be like, this sounds like super scary. Like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, we're just making music. <laughs> Any anyone else have a a, a a parent or a family hot take on Doom Creeper? I got I got one. Um, my parents are pretty supportive. Um, I took my dad to an obituary show one time. Um, <laughs> I, they were touring in the city, and I really wanted to see them. And I told Angel like, "Hey, let's go see obituary." And he was like, "Oh, working or something. He couldn't make it." And I, I think I already bought the tickets. So I was like, what do I do? And I told my dad, I'm like, hey, can can you take me to go see this band? And mind you, he just does not know anything about this music at all. Nothing, no, yeah. nothing. And he's like, okay. And he goes, and it was at Grammy Street Theater. And in that venue, there's like seats and chairs that you, people can sit on the top. And I was in the pit enjoying the show. And he's up there, you know, seeing everything. After we leave, he goes, you know, I can't understand why you like the music. I, I feel the energy. I see the crowd, the people moving. So he uh, he, he supports us, and he, he likes that, that we're so passionate about our music and everything like that. That That's cool, man. Um, my, my, my father is uh, 
He he was a bit older when I was born, and he's from a different generation completely, man. He he doesn't really understand much. He didn't understand much besides hard work himself. Um, but I think towards the end, he kind of just understood that it was a community thing. It was something that brought me and my friends together and, and that sort of thing, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So I, I can kind of relate, uh, uh, to, to that, man. And obituary is probably more or less from your father's generation, those guys. So, you know, like John Gallagher still in the game. You got to respect it. Um, <laughs> now, uh, Josh, I, what, what about you quickly? Cause you, you said that your dad, um, was into Queensryche and stuff. Is your dad still with us? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Has he has he heard Doom Creeper or or what does he think of your interest in extreme metal? No, so uh he's not into it. Um he knows that, you know, you know that uh I'm into what I'm into, but he's you know, he he sorry. He he hasn't seen me play live or does he know about this band at all? You know, and uh you know, and uh, cause he's just like a hardworking guy, you know, he, he's old school, you know, and, uh, and, uh, you know, he, um, he, he likes what he likes, but he, he's, he's, I'm not gonna say he's stuck in his ways, but you know, it just, you know, it's, they, I don't, you know what, it's weird. I, I, I don't really talk about, uh, 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 no, uh, Creeper? yeah, Creeper, but, yeah, a lot, yeah, but um, it's it's like I don't know, I it's like an like an underground thing, you know. It's yeah. like if you know us, then you know us, like you know. But my uh, my uh, my uh, my uh, yeah, yeah your brother, my uh, brother, he he saw us live, and like he was like, oh man, you guys are fucking sick, man. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a pretty... it, <clears throat> yeah. um but uh yeah I mean I uh when it comes to like uh I don't know uh we don't really have a what the fuck am I saying? <laughs> <laughs> stop, stop. I don't think you're going to lost in your thoughts. I'm going to lost in your thoughts. I'm going to lost in my stutter. I'm like, how the fuck do I say that word again? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, uh, my uh, I took my dad to see the Cannibal Corpse once. God, dude. Wow. That's he, yeah, he wasn't into it. He was like, ah, it was interesting, but I don't, uh, I, I don't understand why they were just like, they were just like, just like standing there, they never moved. They just stood there in the headbang. I was like, "That's just what it is." He's like, "Ah," he, like he was like, hey, "If like if like if like you want to see Overkill at Lamar East, like you'll see Bobby Blitz like like running left and right." I'm like, yeah, like that. It's, it's different. It's different. Right, He's like, "Again, yeah, like what's with the water on stage? It should be a bottle of Jack Daniels." I'm like that, different. <laughs> So. All right, so your dad's like an OG metal guy. It sounds yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. wow, man. I, I, Josh, I, I, I got to respectfully, man. I love it when we get someone with a thicker or 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 comparable Long Island accent to me on the show. Dude, I, dude, like the, the, the what were you like? What did you say before? You're like, you're like, I had the long hair. Like, I'm just, <laughs> like, that's, that I, you know, I feel at home when there's another Long Island accent on the show, man. It's great. 
I, I could definitely tell your dad was probably a true true metal OG of a certain generation, man. I know, dude, a lot of the metalheads I know that are, like, about, uh, you know, 10 to 12 years older than me, man, they have, like, the thickest, long... Like, if you look at old videos of suffocation, Frank Mullen... He's, he sounds like fucking, uh, um, I, 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 I'm not going to get myself in trouble here. He's got a thick Long Island accent. Um, <laughs> shout out to suffocation of Frank Mullen. But yeah, man, um, the, the Long Island accent is a pure thing. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, moving forward from that, man, I've had you guys on a while here. Um, I want to obviously plug our show coming up. We got July the 12th at um, Wednesday, July 12th at Amityville Music Hall, Doom Creeper. Uh, Reeking Aura, False Gods, and Replicant. That's part of the Reeking Aura, False Gods, Replicant uh, weekend tour we're doing. We're also going to go to Middletown, yeah. New York, Ardmore, Pennsylvania, and Kearney, New Jersey. I remembered it. Um, uh, so, so we're looking forward to seeing you guys there on that Wednesday, July 12th at Amityville Music Hall, uh, Doom Creeper. And do you guys have any other shows coming up that you want to plug? No. I mean, yeah, we have like a couple. Like, uh, I think we're probably gonna. It's a, It's in the. It's in the talks. Uh, we're probably gonna do like a house show, uh, in Massachusetts, I think, or Connecticut. I'm not too sure. It's still. It's still in like planning. So it's like. We want it like like. It's not like a set date. Yeah. yeah. The thought is there. The thought there is there's there. a couple of shows in August, probably. Yeah. Probably in August. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna tell the listeners to follow you guys on social media, or if you're up there in Massachusetts, uh, ask a punk, as they say. Um, listen to the album. Yeah, listen to the album. Dude, it's free. It's free. So shout out to him. Shout out to him. Dude, that, that's the thing. I, like, I don't want to just keep going, like, gushing about the album, this and that. I really did enjoy it. I want the listeners to check it out. Uh, and I'm glad we got a feel for, like, who you guys are as people and, and, and the personality of the band. And again, I I like I apologize if I laid into the, the generation thing t- too thick, but oh, I, oh, that's oh, right. no, that's anything. I agree. That's what this podcast is all about. I want to get a lot of different perspectives uh, um, that are brought together through heavy metal at the end of the day. And with that being said, the final closeout um, question I always ask everybody, you guys take a turn each. And just quickly give me and the listeners a recommendation, something you've been listening to from uh, back in the day, something you'd consider, this this is fun, something you'd consider old school, probably still new to me, um, uh, and something that's kind of fresh and, and new. Two things. Anything. Anything you want in the world. Man. Any kind of music, a demo, an album, an EP, from just something <laughs> from a little a few years ago and something from recently, man. You know, no, no crazy rules. Hmm. Jesus, that's, that's tough. Chalino Sanchez. Chalino Sanchez. Yeah, he's a Mexican singer from uh, like '90s old school. Um, very well respected. A lot of a lot of legacy with him. Uh, so I've listened to a lot of that for old stuff. Um, new stuff. Uh, have to pass it on to the next guy and let me think for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I did put you on the spot, man. Uh, oh man, dude. Man, you really got me stumped here. Yeah, you, got, <laughs> you really got us right on the dot, dude. Um, um, you want to go first, bro? I can't even think of a band, dude. Josh, you got any? Josh, you got any? Josh, you got something in mind. All right, so, you know, I mean, all right, so, so, uh, if you're into 80s of, uh, uh, freestyle, uh, <laughs> then, you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 that's the most so Long Island you, shit. 
That's the most Long Island shit if you recommend freestyle right now. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, look, look. The new Frozen Soul. So, like, yes. I just started, like, listening to uh, these guys. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I, and I saw their uh, music video for, like, for, um, I don't know. It, it was, like, a, it was, like, a block of ice and, like, in like you know like the frozen souls in there yeah whatever yeah but like and like do you know what is it's all about the riff man if you can't bang your head man it's useless dude you know like it's it's not about the 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 look or the the speed if you can't bang your head if and you know if you know you know you know so like that that one song that i that i heard was uh you know was a pretty good and uh you know, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, I think like, like, like my, 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 my thing as of, uh, recently has been, uh, this, uh, um, uh, using a sickness as a, as a cure. Who is that? Uh, human, uh, human, uh, Remains. Oh, human remains. Yeah, 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 human remains. Like that, that fucking album is fucking wild, man. Dang. That's a wild album, and like that's that's with the same drummer of Municipal Waste. Yeah. So like, so I like went from like human re- re- remains, remains like remains. this this week to like a, a, just like like uh, Municipal Waste, yeah. you know, and just like. You know, I, you know, like, and like, those are like two bands that, I, that I've always liked, you know. But uh, I always go back to what I know, you know. I, I, you know, then I'll, then I'll, then I'll go to like, you know, like, like early Sepultura and like early, uh, 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 yeah, uh, Testament, Testament yeah. you know, just like I like chase yeah, those, like, I, you know, I like chase those, uh, those, uh, riffs, you know what? And also, it's dude it's 10 years old now i i remember going to looney tunes i was fucking you know fucking, looney tunes uh seeing the the album and like like me like who the fuck are these guys and like you know the the the, the you know the 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 I was like, you know, it's just like new band they're called uh, Power Trip. So I like, bought the album. It was a manifest. Yeah. Uh, sorry. And uh, fucking blew me away, man. Like, like, like I would go in there with like a hundred bucks, buy like four CDs, whatever, you know, four or five CDs, and I would just like listen to like, like, like a song at a time, and like, you know, and like, you know, you know, then like, I'll like. Give each CD a sample, like that CD, man. Just one of those albums that I listen to at 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 at, at the at the gym, and I I listen to it, you know, throughout the day. Just like huge riffs, man. Just like classic riffs. That it's you know, it's just like timeless riffs. So, you know, if anyone like you know is interested, just go check Definitely, out that fucking yeah. album, fucking Manifestation. <laughs> 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 I mean, to bounce off of Josh, like I he did say something like I just go back to what I know. So like I mean I'm a, I love listening to Red Angel I love listening to DSI, Candle Forbes, um Cancer, you know I'm just I just 
stay a lot with the old school because I don't know. I just felt like there's more. There's a lot of seasoning to it. You know, there's always something weird you could catch within the music. You know, mm. um, I guess something from new school. I, like um, World Eater. World Eater. We played a show with them back World in Eater, yeah, January. From, uh, Jersey. from Jersey, yeah. yeah, like they had like a really kind of like that old school sound too. I was like, wow, that's pretty sick. Cause like you know, not that, not that many bands do that now these days. Have that old school sound, but try to keep it modern as well. You know. Um, okay, I'm gonna keep it short because yeah, you guys gave a lot of pants. <laughs> that was no, me, that no, was but it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so probably like an old, yeah, an old school band, uh, a demo, dude, prolong the agony, Mortal Skull. Oh yeah, Mortal yeah, Skull, yeah, yeah. dude, fuck yeah, sick. And then uh, probably new. Uh, you know, when you put me out to Play Gears, th- that was a fucking sick band, dude. Those yeah, guys yeah. are pretty sick. Yeah. Yeah, like years. Uh, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's probably about it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, not really getting into a bunch of new bands, but you know, that obviously, the, uh, Fugitive is sick. Fugitive oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fugitive is sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick. You got all right. You guys are listening to a lot of sick shit, man. Um, a lot of a lot of important old school stuff too. I gotta say, which is yeah. kind of like informs me a little bit of the sound. So that that's like a lot of the. <laughs> A lot of the bands you brought up are the bands I was like not trying to compare you to directly during the interview. Well, so like, yeah, like, I don't, that isn't that even phase at all. That's more of a compliment. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. sick. Like, that's cool. Yeah. I just avoid I mean, that. I, I don't want to sound redundant when people when people are like trying to, you know. I just I tell the, the listeners check it out, man. Go listen to it. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like we all try to like just show each other like new death metal bands. Like, yeah, back, back in high school, I'd be like, oh, like. Listen to Cancer, and Joseph would be it like, all oh, sucks. listen, listen to <laughs> it all sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, just like you know just it, you know it's just like it, it, it you know it just feels good but uh you know like uh yeah like uh i guess our like influences yeah i mean like that old that, that old, old sound, that, yeah. that yeah. old school sound man you know and uh so like you know like uh it's grooving yeah it's grooving yeah. I, I like that you brought up mortar scold um that's I, I love that man we had dave gregor from mortar scold on a while oh, back, uh, and he, he talked yeah, a lot wow. about the, the history of the band. Yeah. We had, yeah, well, just for the listeners, also, you, you brought up Frozen Soul. We had uh, Michael Monday of Frozen Soul. Like, oh, back. Um, yeah. And Dave Witte, friend of the show, was the drummer in Human Remains, uh, who went on to be a municipal ways. Yeah, Dave, Dave Witte, very accomplished. We, we've been meaning to try to book him back for part two, if anyone's heard our part one with him, because we barely even got into some of his municipal waste era and all that. But um, regardless, uh, uh, you guys have been great. I really like talking to you guys, man. This has been a lot of fun, uh, and I appreciate. I want the listeners to check out your album, uh, the brand new albums, uh, independently released by Doom Creeper, Cryptic Death, recorded by Joe Sincata at Full Force Studios. People might know Joe; he's the live sound guy for Napalm Death, Suffocation. He's recorded a lot of. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, dancing, 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 like it goes on and on and on. But he's still like in the trenches working with the new and upcoming bands. 
Um, and I, I think this speaks for itself at this point, man. I'm going to let the listeners go check it out, man. Guys, any parting words? We're going to see you July 12th at Amityville Music Hall, too. Um, and right. any parting words now for Doom Creeper fans and listeners of our podcast? I'm sorry for my stutter. <laughs> Doom Trooper. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, Will. Um, at our, at, it was at our summer gig, dude. Yeah, it was at AMH. You were like, yeah. oh, yeah, dude. Shout out to <laughs> <laughs> Trooper. <laughs> yeah, 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 that is awesome. You're like, uh, you're like uh, shout out to Doom Trooper. That's... <laughs> I was like, yeah! That's yeah. It. yeah, not the first time I've gotten the wrong name on stage. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have, you have no idea. You try to forget that guy. He's gonna be fun. You have no idea. Why don't you bring it up, guys? <laughs> you have no idea how much that, like, dude, that's resonated with us. The inside, yeah, that's the inside joke. I'm like, forever. <laughs> I'm glad, man. I got to give a big shout to uh, Dirt Church from upstate New York, who I shouted out as church dirt one time oh, yeah. yeah yeah dude it's just an awkward moment. dude that's why if i don't give your band a shout out it's because like I, i'm like in my head i'm like tripping on on like am i gonna get the name right am i gonna get the name right dude it's it's stressful having a microphone in your face bro sometimes, oh, well, you know? i mean dude yeah. I, I i fucking messed up reeking all right i was like you king aura or yeah. something like, suck. i was like oh dude <laughs> I I never I, yeah, I will never blame anybody for getting it wrong or just skipping it, <laughs> especially exsanguinated. Yeah, yeah basically, say, just like skipping, you know, put ten seconds. Oh man, um, well, dude, no, seriously, thank you very much, yeah, to you guys, yeah. man. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, and don't don't apologize for your stutter either, man. You did a great job with the interview. Uh, and shout out to any of our listeners, uh, who may deal with that issue as well, man. That you know, there's no reason why you guys, uh, you know, can't come on the podcast and promote your bands or music anytime, man. Um, so so I'll say it for that reason. Um, and uh, with that being said, guys, thank you so much for your time, man. We'll be in touch as this episode goes up, and we're definitely gonna see you July 12th. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Doom Crew, Isaac, <laughs> Sammy, Sammy, everybody, those guys, yeah. Weston, 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 yeah, Chris, everybody, dude. 100 percent man shout, shout out to all them and shout out to the satanic hispanics man as we said man always welcome out at amityville musical for the death metal shows man come on through um thank you very much guys we'll be in touch man thank you They opened up for Reeking Aura uh, at our record release show, and we got we brought them back for this July thing we're doing. Um, okay. good, good band. Very, like, solid, kind of like 90s deicide kind of vibe. Just death metal vibes. Young wow. guys from Brentwood, yeah. yeah. That's cool. That's not, that's not a style that a lot of uh, bands are going for these days. Yeah, no, very, like, rigid and old school, but not caveman. They're, they're, they they got chops, man. They're not dumbing it down. I like it. Um, but, yeah, we'll get, we'll get back to it. You, you, want, you want to get into the recommendations? Yeah. All right. Okay, we're back, man. Shout out to Doom Creeper. 
Uh, thank you to them for their time. Good to hear about the band and everything coming up. Excited to see how those guys do. Dave. I'm here. We, you're still here. Still with me. Thank, thank God. Thought I lost you for a minute. We talked about a lot right off the top. Uh, we talked about musky old death metal, blowing the dust off it, bringing it back. We talked about using a whole ass fucking Apple computer on stage as your drummer, drum programs. We're going to get into it now with a couple of recommendations, man, that we that we foreshadowed a little bit, man. We didn't foreshadow anyone's demise, shout to Skinless, shout to Sherwood, but we did foreshadow drum machines. We foreshadowed your drum machine on this one, man. Um, I'm going to let you take it away. All right, so... My uh my recommendation this week is the the clean flesh, basement of death, uh, reissue by uh, put out by um Burning Dogma, uh, records. It's a uh, a re release of their original. Uh, clean flesh's original uh like rehearsal tape, that I guess they recorded in a basement, like huh. hence the name, but it's uh, you know it's it's like a boombox recording. It's it's like really kind of shitty sounding but it's like i love that shit i love like rehearsal tapes and and sort of like bad sounding recordings where you can't really hear everything but uh it's really it's it's great stuff i, I was initially when i grabbed it i think I, I i actually did think it was the um like the erotic incisions uh demo or maybe those tracks you know before they became erotic incisions or something but no, I, I looked into it, and it is, it's a, a clean flesh demo. It came out before the self-titled one that everyone does know about. And it's all original material. There's no, like, they didn't, like, re-record any of the songs for the uh, for the self-titled demo, but I think it's great. I really wish that they had uh, recorded these songs, like, done a better recording with some of these songs, because they really, uh, they show some promise. You know, there's some 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 heavy, really heavy riffs. There's some parts... I think they're in between songs. I don't think they're actually in the songs. Like Wolf is like sort of like screaming and like a sort of like a high pitched kind of sound, and it made me think of like uh, Embalmer. Uh, yeah. Like the uh, I think the second Embalmer demo, the guy has like a sort of like it's like a macabre, like like the band Macabre, like they're they're kind of high pitched vocal thing, and it made me think of that. And I was like, that would have been cool if he would have like. Uh, I think and like sort of sort of develop that that sound in addition to his his like sort of crickets, you know, in a wind tunnel style that he uh, usually does. But uh, but yeah, you know, it's it's if you're a clean flesh fan, I recommend it. You know, I think this was limited edition, so hopefully they they put out more. But it's a solid release, solid solid repress. Yeah, this is one of those great, obscure, kind of lost what-if bands. Um, Clean Flesh obviously putting out the the infamous four-song self-titled CD that goes for 500 bucks on Discogs or whatever the hell and all that sort of thing. Um, Corpse Gristle, I think, reissued the cassette version of that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which you might which, be right. Yeah, which I own. And... Um, this Burning Dogma uh, release, I wasn't aware of. I wasn't even aware that this first rehearsal recording existed. I had a dubbed version that, that a tape trader friend made for me of this Erotic Incisions rehearsal, which is the rehearsal with a human drummer after after they switched off from being clean flesh into Erotic Incisions, which is we were talking about before. I'll make you a copy of it. It's great. Um, but this, this, yeah, I never heard of this initial rehearsal. Very interested to check it out. 
Uh, this band in general, Joe Wolf, kind of like one of the more like um, uh, under maybe underrated, uh, under the radar guttural vocalists from back in the day. And this project in general, like this is something that was maybe like 10 years ahead of its time, in my opinion. The Like this kind of brute, like the guttural sewer style vocals, the brutality of it, the fact that they kind of got by with a drum machine and still put like this is... Um, you know the generation of disc, discali, disgorge, and and Turkish cenotaph, and all these bands that defeated Sandy. This is like the in the '90s. This was a little ahead of its time for that. And I'm thinking, having re-listened to it today, maybe the drum machine had something to do with that because they recorded it to this drum machine back in the day. Maybe that's how they were able to achieve such a tightness that reminds me of what modern bands do now with digital recordings. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like the tight, like the tightness that they achieved with that drum machine back in the day is similar to what people are doing with human drummers now because of quantizing and all this sort of thing. Um, so yeah. it's like it's a very competitive sound, and and even to this day, and like the, I another thing I really like about it, the drum machine sounds like a drum machine. It doesn't say you 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 don't listen to this and go, is that a drummer? Is that a highly triggered drummer? Is that what is it? No, like it sounds like a drum machine. It sounds like the way when you listen to Lymphatic Phlegm or Mortician. Um, it's a vibe, in my opinion. I would rather listen to a band with programmed drums where you can tell it's a drum machine than or Fleshless from the Czech Republic is another really good example of this. Uh, then the superior drummer thing where you can't even tell if it's a human or a robot anymore. That that to me is a little jarring. I shout to my friends who use that in their projects. You know, no, no, no disrespect. But just as a listener, my ears and whatever, you know, I I like that kind of 90s death metal thing where you could tell it was a drum machine. Uh, and in this this release in particular, too, the clean, like, well, you're talking about the Clean Flesh demo, I, which, to, to, to be honest with you, I'm not as familiar with. I'm talking about that four-song EP they put out. But in general, as a band for people to check out, the the song, just because they used a drum machine, I don't think the songwriting and the song structure suffered. Sometimes there's bands that will dumb it down and simplify things because they have a drum machine and they're limited in that way. This was good death metal. You know, it's interesting death metal. It's brutal death metal. And it's not, uh, I think, if anything, they kind of rose to the occasion rather than let those limitations make it like something that might just be in the pile of other bands. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think you're I think you're right. I think that they um I think Joe Wolf did do the programming for the for the uh the 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 clean flesh stuff and, and he definitely did a hell of a job. He definitely, you know, took the time and wrote like wrote smart drumming to like to all the all the the riffs. He didn't like try to make the guitars dumb themselves down or simplify the song structures or anything like that. It sounds very like if you would have taken out the drums, the drum machine and put in a drummer, it would have just sounded like a normal, like of the times death metal band. But the drummer having the drum machine does the drum machines are very unforgiving. So you do have to be really tight and really uh, practiced to, to make that work. Yeah. And, and in the whole recording, it does, it doesn't sound processed. It also doesn't sound raw. It sounds it kind of has this vibe like it all took place within the the recording reels or something. You know what I mean, man? Like the vocals, for the style of vocals, for that guttural windpipe style, the clarity is off the charts. You know, everything is just, you can hear everything perfectly. And I think that also speaks to maybe like what the, what whoever engineered this and, and recorded this 
uh, was working with with those drum programs and that drum machine. They had that solid engine of those drum programs to just kind of have the guitars and the vocals and make everything nice and crisp. Um, it's like a it's it's a it's it's a very uh, it's a easy to listen to brutal death metal um, uh, band, I would say. And this is again, I know you recommended this rehearsal demo that came out. I'm kind of more speaking to the the EP. So in general, I'll just leave it at that. That this is a band that maybe people want to go back and check out and check out the work of Joe Wolf himself as a vocalist and that sort of thing. Um, any any closing thoughts, Dave? No, I think you hit it. Yeah, uh, Joe Wolf has a lot of projects that are really great. You know, like it's definitely it's 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 a it's a good good to dive into into his uh back catalog because he's got some great great bands there yeah uh may he rest in peace i know he was he was uh uh battling an illness of some sort uh up until fairly recently yeah i think like within the last few months if memory serves i'm not okay exactly sure on the date of that but yeah know, very sad yeah. a real yeah. real loss to the scene yeah, so 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 closing out on that, may he rest in peace, man. All the best to um to, to his bandmates and and uh, and his people, man. Um, so we're gonna end on a little bit of this clean flesh. I don't know if if Tom's gonna be able to find that. Is that on YouTube? That rehearsal? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if it is, but I'll uh, you know, it, when I get off the off the call with you tonight, I'll I'll send you the file, and if he needs it, I could uh, I could send it to him also. Okay, all right. So we'll we'll get around to it one way or another with that clean flesh. Release. digging through the vaults that I brought for you uh, is this Entropy 7-inch. Um, I believe it's a self-titled 7-inch uh, from 1998. Uh, from it's, it's on, I believe this is FTY Records, Figure 4 uh, Records, and 625 Productions. 625 Productions being uh, one of the guys from Spaz. Not, not, not Chris Dodge and Slapaham, obviously, but someone else from Spaz. Uh, Entropy from New Hampshire, um, a band kind of associated with the power violence scene of the late of the mid to late nineties. I saw their ads around. I saw them on compilations with uh, bands that are more from that punk hardcore side of grind that's referred to as power violence. We talked about this with uh, with the guys from Black Army Jacket and. Just how, how that power violence word is kind of just a blanket term for a lot of things that happened in the 90s that were more on the punk and hardcore side of extreme music. Uh, Entropy was around putting out material on some of those labels and, like I said, mixing with those. But they were from New Hampshire. So I think that's maybe why also I always had this idea of them being a separate entity unto themselves. And if you listen to them... Um, you'll, I think you'll get the same impression, man. I listening to the seven inch, uh, they, they had, a um, they, they had other releases I heard through the years and some compilation appearances and things like that. But, um, this, this seven inch is a great example of what they did. It was recorded independently, uh, by the guitarists themselves in the nineties, uh, very DIY punk kind of spirit, but 
you get the power violence vibes, all right, the kind of grindy, shrilly vocal vibes here and there, but there's also something more going on. And I think what really set this band Entropy apart from some of those other bands in the power violence scene was these guys had the they had metal chops and they had metal uh, attention to detail when it came to songwriting. I felt like these guys were writing metal power violence songs in a way. Um, there's there's some death metal and some thrash metal uh with within the context of what they're doing within these short grindy power violence songs there's one vocalist credited uh um but and i i have you know no reason to doubt that he would be doing but there's a lot of different styles of vocals throughout this release kind of mixing it up sometimes they use effects on the vocals it's just a really cool it 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 more to my ears sounds like a very old school death grind release from the 90s when a lot of these bands were, were really grindcore bands that had some death metal chops. Um, but this band was kind of more, like I said, like hand in hand with the power violence scene. So just something really cool to check out from New Hampshire. It's not every day that you um, hear about a, a band associated with power violence from New Hampshire. I don't, I'm not familiar with the scene up there that much. So this is just something really cool I wanted to bring to your attention that maybe, I, you know, I don't hear people talk about this band as much. It's a really cool DIY, raw kind of um, underground punk spirit release, but if you listen to the music, there's a lot more going on um, in, in terms of the, the 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 structure and and the narrative there. So, Dave, I'll leave it to you now. Any thoughts? Uh, yeah, I I was actually um, I think my brother might have had one of their tapes or something when I was uh, younger, but I never listened to it. So this was really a nice um, a nice surprise. It's nice to finally check these guys out, and I do agree that. I didn't hear a lot of metal in this sound. Like maybe it was just my ears, but I, it seemed like it was more like for the time period, like a little more like hardcore forward grindcore. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. Less, yeah. less like metallic, like the way, you know, like the Napalm Deaths and the Terrorizers and the, you know, whatever bands of the 90s were. Well, that's, that's maybe the power violence part. And I will, I'll just yeah. say this. I don't want to cut you off, but something I've, I neglected to say the drummer is outstanding. Um, the drummer drummers can make or break a band, and maybe the drummer made this band because the drummer had absolute grind chops. It gives you kind of some 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 feels of old brutal truth the way that guy was grinding and blasting. So maybe that also is where I get the death metal from. But but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll just take it, man. Yeah, I also I you know I I really enjoyed the 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 EP. I thought you know it it definitely sounded especially like when you put like a date on it, like it doesn't sound like I guess other bands of the time it had it's like a sort of its own spin on like the grind and power violence and hardcore but uh it's cool that they were from uh the east coast i thought that when i was listening to it i, I just assumed it was a west coast band like probably the power yeah. violence uh influence and i was like and that kind of bummed me out because i'm like man i wonder if they played in new york and i could have like seen these guys and just didn't because i was like an idiot and didn't know about them but you know Again, I I can't really bring this to the table as a recommendation and tell you old like lore about the band as much um, as I can just kind of like recommend this release and recommend looking into the band um, because like I said, the kind of kind of like a little you know d d turning over a stone and find them there type of band you know they they I don't believe there's been a proper reissue um, I don't I don't believe they're you know that they've really had like a new generation of people discover them yet or anything like that. Just kind of like a cool, interesting band 
that was associated with a lot of that power violence and more punk-style grindcore from the 90s. But I think because geographically they were so far away uh, and they, 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 there was just something a little bit more death metal grindcore about these guys than, than straightforward power violence. Um, they always stood out to me for that reason, man. I mean, look, I, I love this. Even though it's a little bit amateurish, uh, the, the album art and the logo, are, that to me is very death metal. You know what I mean, yeah. man? It, it, it's, it, it's very at home in my, uh, in my seven inch collection, you know? So, um, but yeah, I don't want to over talk it to death. It's a short grindcore release, man. We'll leave it at that, man. There's a lot of great bands from, from the, the power violence era that um, I don't think get the, the the credit they deserve. You know, there's there's a few bands that people kind of glom onto from that era, but there was so much more. Um, well, I'll let I'll let Tom take it away from from uh, here with Entropy and their self titled seven. So two uh, two great old school um, an old school uh, uh, more power violence grindy band and uh, Dave thank you for bringing in clean flesh for the people um, with that that obscure pick and thank you of course to the guys from Doom Creeper we're gonna be watching them with their new release uh, and shows that they got coming up and all that sort of thing man um, new young band from Long Island man uh, Dave thank you for joining me on this journey this evening thank you for having me. I, I, you brought, you literally brightened my day. Like I thought I actually was going to make a joke. I'm wearing like a blue shirt, summer, I'm wearing primary colors. You're wearing all the primary colors. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I go, it's either black or it's everything, you know, I have a, <laughs> a, 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 whatever color diarrhea over my clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You look like you just got off of work. You were like, I don't know, building a house or something like that. According to your Carhartt t-shirt. You you look like you just got off of work at Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> hey, we're not uh, we're not job shaming here, man. Look, I, you, I gotta eat. I oh, look, I look like I just walked out of Ben and Jerry's. All right, man. I need to need to cut down, cut back over here. Start hiking again for the summertime, man. Shout out to Dude, Rick you over me there. Stole my beer. You can't make me laugh like that. <laughs> my man Rick over there on the Peloton, man. Uh, um. NYC Metal Scene. Uh, go check out uh, the latest shows, man. All the shows are being added there, man. We go through shows sometimes. Maybe today we won't. Maybe you're going to have to actually log on sometime, man. We, we want us to give a big shout um, to Matt over there curating that website for all the uh, uh, local shows coming up to, to Long Island, New York, and beyond. NYCMetalScene.com. People ask me sometimes, hey, Will, I'm planning a little trip over there. They they don't have a New York accent when they're asking me. They're like, they're like, they're like, they're like, What's up, mate? I'm coming over there. To... <laughs> I'm not gonna play the English people like that. They're, but people, hey, add... yeah, pe- people are like, hey, man, I'm coming over to New York, there, man. What, you know, where should I go? NYCMetalScene.com. All your shows are right there. Maybe a show or two on the way home. Maybe you're driving through Baltimore. Maybe you're driving through through Pennsylvania. They got shows up and down the East Coast. Love that website. Um, <clears throat> shout to uh, all my bands. Go to social media and check them out. Shameless plug for all my shit, Dave. I'm going to be seeing you uh, coming up real soon in a few weeks, speaking or doing that hot tour in August. We said, what's better than playing a show in Florida in the middle of August in the summertime, playing three shows in Florida in August in the middle of the summertime, man? 
Oh, yeah, I got my uh, my beach body in order for that uh, for that tour. It's all all down south during the summer. I mean, I'm assuming we're all everyone's playing in bathing suits and you know, with no shirts on. Uh, uh yeah, that's gonna that's gonna put a serious dent in ticket sales if I take my shirt off at a show. So I I I try to avoid that, man. But uh, I'm going to bring a tie-dye towel because it's going to be hot and sweaty down there, man. Check social media, uh, Reeking Aura, going out there on tour with Cadaveric Incubation and Atoll and Pyrexia, man. Looking forward to that one, man. Um, uh, also doing the the, 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 four, the long weekend, weekend at Bernie's with um, Replicant and False Gods, uh, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, man. Peep for that. Going up to Middletown at Quinn's Pins. It's going to be a beautiful experience. Um... Patreon, we got bonus episodes. You could listen to them. We got a once. Speak, speaking of me being fat and clothes, we got one size fits all, five dollar rate on the old Patreon there. Um, uh, what else? Shout to Tom and Justin working diligently behind the scenes, production style every week on Heavy Hole Podcast. Thank you to those men. Justin caught the fish that I ate tonight. He, he doesn't. He doesn't know it. I nice. was. I yeah. I kind of. I backdoored his cabin there. I got. I got a little a couple of fish on the fly. Oh, uh, that's why they call it fly fishing. Listen, let me stop. Jeez, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, the 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 voicemail number in the description, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, you got a topic you want to talk about? You got a band you want to recommend? You want to correct me something stupid I said? Whatever you got to do. Uh, you could you could all send a email, heavyholepodcast at gmail dot com. Um, besides besides that, I think we covered about all everything, right, Dave? Yeah. How's how? Wait 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 wait. I need an update. I need a doggy update. We we Uh-oh. we can't leave the listeners in suspense. It's been a few months. You were t- telling us about your dogs. You welcomed us into your world. We want to know more. How are the dogs doing? All right. Well, uh, unfortunately, oh, we're back no. down to one dog. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we, we 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 love both, but the 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 newer of the two dogs, Nala. I guess once she started getting comfortable in the house, she decided that she didn't want Santa around. So she like attacked her and really like went after her. So we ended up having to rehome Nala, but we still have Santa. It was like it's exactly like that movie, Single White Female. It's yeah. The the person exactly. moves into the house, then they want to take over, then they want to kill the. That's crazy. I'm not, yeah, that's, spoiler that's exactly alert. how the vet uh, described it. It's really, uh, it's it's apparently common. You know. Wow. The uh, the, the whole Jodie Foster thing, I think, or Bridget Fonda. <sighs> Yeah, I think it was Bridget. I don't Jane even Fonda. I don't, I don't even. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I don't, I don't, but in, uh, in other news, uh, Santa killed her first uh, squirrel this morning. Jeez, Dave. Dave. What a, what a I, attempts on other people's lives in I, my house. I, I, I swung the segue into your your little cuddly animal world for the listeners to, to end on a nice note. Now we're, we're, we're killing squirrels. There's like intricate... Game of Thrones plots your dogs are having on each other to to take hey, over the spot. If you if you come in my house, uh, this will get. I don't know what to tell you. Oh my god! All right, well, for the hey, list, over next weekend for a barbecue. I'm worried that your dog is going to try to take me out of the frame, man. Are we barbecuing the squirrel? What's up? <laughs> yeah, we could. Oh man! All right, I'll wear my tie dye. I'll just like just like P Diddy said. You could you bring your friends, I'll bring my friends. We could do this every weekend, all right? Just just like just like they used to do on the old bad boy records days. Oh boy, Dave. Wishing your dogs the best over there, man. But um just just like uh 
let's see, we got the we did the interview, shot the Doom Creeper, we did the recommendos, the drum machines, tie dye shirts, Will's Fat, Patreon. We we plugged every NYCmetalscene.com. We plugged everything. Uh, and now, just like your uh, dogs, we are down to uh, in matters of business on this episode of the podcast. One.